We're in a sermon series uh, leading up to Easter, and uh, we're using uh, themes around the pictures that Jesus taught or illustrated. And uh, I want to read today, I want to talk about the pictures uh, around bread, around bread. And uh, I want to, that end, read you from John chapter 6. And uh, from verse 25 to 35, obviously this is Jesus, and we'll pick it up from verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, that's Jesus, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do? What what must we do, do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Uh, Just to there, and we thank God uh, for his words from Scripture. So let's talk about bread. It's the fourth in our series that we're preaching leading up to Easter. Uh, The pictures that Jesus used to illustrate his ministry and the things he wanted to do, and, uh, and of course it's Lent as well. There are seven places in John's Gospel when we read of Jesus saying the words, I am. And every time he says these words, he offers himself to his hearers as the one who has the solution uh, to life in all its fullness. And that kind of underpins uh, the whole series. In many respects, our lives need to be driven by these claims uh, that Jesus makes about himself. Claims that offer God's direction to all we say and all we do. Let me ask you a question. Why did you come to worship? Why do we come to worship? Surely it is to hear a word from God. Then surely we should come prepared not only to hear, but also prepared to be challenged and encouraged and to put what we hear into practice. Because it seems to me, you know, we can preach until the cows come home, but unless what we preach and the word of God that gets preached, unless it gets lived out, there's not much point, is there? Then it's just simply information. Uh, And information without action is kind of counterintuitive. 
And so the, the urgent imperative for Jesus is that we understand God's perspective on life. That we understand that God has a dream for our lives, your life and mine. That our lives and how we live them are desperately important to God. And so, today, one of those words, I am, says Jesus, the bread of life. What is that? What does that mean? Well, some children uh, wrote letters to their pastor. Uh, and children have a way of saying it like it is. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, so here are some of them. Dear pastor, I know God loves everybody, but he never met my sister. <laughs> Yours sincerely, Arnold. Why is it always the boys that have a thing with their sisters? Dear pastor, my father should be a minister. Every day he gives us a sermon about something. Dear Pastor, my mother is very religious. She goes to play bingo at church every week, even when she has a cold. <laughs> Yours truly, Annette, there's somebody talking the truth. Eh? Here's another one. I liked your sermon where you said that good health is more important than money, but I still want a raise in my allowance. That came from Eleanor, age 12. So let's deal with Eleanor's letter. What's really important in our lives? What is more important than money? 1,500 years ago, Isaiah the prophet asked and answered one of the life's greatest questions. He wrote, Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? That's a good question. If you stop and think about it. And then he added, listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Don't you love scripture? At the last supper, Jesus takes a loaf of bread and he blesses it and he breaks it. And symbolically, we're going to do that this morning. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. That's Matthew 26, 26, if you're interested. It's about our souls. This bread is bread for the soul. And we still do it every week or every month or whenever we do it. In John chapter 6, Jesus makes the claim that he is the bread of life four times. In verses 35, 41, 48, and 51. Do you not think that Jesus thought that this was important? Important enough to repeat himself four times? I think he still thinks it's important. I really do. Jesus knew the needs of the human body for bread. Remember, he got hungry and thirsty in the wilderness. He used bread in the Passover meal. He fed 5,000 people with bread because he had compassion on them. He would not permit them to go home physically hungry. And throughout history, bread has been central to human existence. Immediately after the fighting stopped in World War II, American soldiers gathered up many, many hungry, homeless children and placed them in tent cities. Many of them were malnourished and in need of medical care. <coughs> the soldiers shared their bread with them. However, 
They noticed the children were afraid to go to sleep at night. One of the soldiers tried an experiment after dinner. He gave the children a piece of bread to hold, and the result was astounding. When they had the security of bread for tomorrow, they slept like babies. It took the fear away. It took the fear away. And the very word bread evokes strong emotions, doesn't it? Because it speaks of security and fellowship and the presence of God. You know, it's, if, we, if we are thoughtful when we come to communion, all these words kind of flow through our minds and so on. Bread is deemed to be holy by people everywhere. And the root word for bread in most languages can be translated as food. As it is in the Bible. As it is in the Bible. But Jesus knew that there was a deeper hunger in life than simply physical hunger. And it was the hunger for spiritual food or bread, which must be met and satisfied. If we have spiritual hunger, then that then the bread of life needs to satisfy that if we are to live lives that are full and effective. There is bread with a small b, and then there's bread with a capital B, and the tension between a little b and a big b is to be found in the feeding of the 5,000. Because the little bit of bread that Jesus gave those 5,000 people that day wasn't going to assuage the hunger, the physical hunger, but it was the spiritual hunger that he was reaching to. And by the way, all four Gospels mention that miracle because it left an impression on everybody. The biblical text says that bread was multiplied in Jesus' hands. The crowd went crazy with this and wanted to name Jesus as the king. And he refused. And he rather retreated to be alone with his disciples because everybody was looking for physical bread. They were looking for the bread that you can buy over the counter. And then Jesus goes and walks on water. Guess how the people responded to these amazing things. When he began to talk about bread with a capital B, they asked him, give us a sign. And so he walks on water. Amazing. He just fed 5,000 people and walked across water and they wanted a sign? I mean, hello. Because they were looking for bread with a small B instead of bread with a capital B. And this is what happens when we look in the wrong direction, when we start looking for Jesus. When we start looking in a physical sense, you're not going to find him. You'll find him spiritually. In this modern world of ours, not one thing's changed. We're still looking for a sign. One of the reasons why you're sitting here this morning, believe me, fundamentally, one of the reasons why you're here this morning is you're looking for a sign that Jesus loves you, cares about you, forgives you, feeds you, clothes you, whatever. Nothing's changed. Jesus cares for all their needs and ours, but he knows that there's a deeper hunger than simply bread to fill our stomachs. Then, as it is now, social action, call it outreach, 
and the gospel of Jesus Christ still go hand in hand. Social action and the gospel of Jesus Christ go hand in hand. Do you remember that famous line from Marie Antoinette during the French Revolution when the people were crying out for bread in front of the palace? And she said in an indifferent voice, let them eat cake. That cost her her head, if you remember. In some respects, we see this happening in our country right now, folks. In spite of all the good works, there are still, there is still an indifference to the plight of the common people. And we're reading it every day of our lives. All the, of the, the angst that goes on in our country fundamentally comes down to the fact that people are hungry. They're not just hungry in their bellies, but they're hungry for some, someone to hold on to. Someone who can bring them bread that they don't necessarily need to just eat, but to, to consume in their spirits. That's what we really need in our country. Bread with a capital B. If things are going to change. Jesus lays aside his royalty and his divinity and he becomes a servant in order to meet the needs of his people. Because you see, Jesus is a different kind of a king. And so still to this day, he still provides bread with a capital B for the people, which is what you came for this morning. Notice that Jesus says there are two kinds of bread, that which lasts and that which does not last. It's far better, he says, to work for the bread that endures. You know, you can have a salmi for lunch, <laughs> but you're going to be hungry by six o'clock. But the bread of life that we consume or feed on in a, in a service like this every time we meet kind of feeds the spirit, and that's a totally different thing. If Jesus came only to satisfy our physical needs, then the world can be redeemed by Albany and Sunbake. Just stop at pick and pay on the way and pick up a loaf, folks. You got the bread. But you see, Jesus is concerned about our, not just our physical needs, but he also intends that the symbol of earthly bread is also directing us to the spiritual bread that we need to consume. And the hunger of the human heart for meaning and purpose and fulfillment and forgiveness and acceptance and blessing and hope and real joy is all about what we're talking about this morning. The bread of life. Think of the words of the Holy Communion. This is my body, which is broken for you. It's the bread of life. It's the bread of life. Carl Jung, one of the last century's greatest psychiatrists, said that the central neurosis of our age is emptiness. The central neurosis of our age is emptiness. Do you know people who are just simply empty? Because humanity's problem is the problem of emptiness. And the story, and in the story, we see the answer that Jesus gives. To meet that need, it's the bread of life. He's trying to help people understand that we need living bread, to coin a phrase. 
We like people sitting at a feast and are famished because we're not taking advantage of the spiritual food that has been held out to us. And we're going to do that in a few minutes. Every one of us has this hunger. There's that empty place in our life that only God can fill. And he filled it with the body and the blood of his son in spiritual terms. We may not know what to call it. We may not be aware that it's there. We just know that something's wrong and we need it. The Rolling Stones captured this reality in their song, I can't get no satisfaction. You can never get satisfaction without God, my friends. Life is more than an empty plate. It really is. Carlo Coretto wrote a book entitled The God Who Comes. And he writes this, Jesus is life and he knows his creatures can do nothing without him. He knows the child would die of hunger without bread. But our bread is God himself, and God gives himself to us as food. Only eternal life can feed one who is destined for eternal life. If we want to penetrate this frontier, the bread from our fields is not sufficient. If we want to march along the roads of the invisible, we must feed on the bread from heaven. And this is bread with a capital B. And that's what we're on about today. And so Jesus provides us with more than a meal. He provides a moment in which we give ourselves to God. And without this, all the manna in the world cannot produce anything but a grumbling spirit. From Jesus, we learn one important insight. In John 4.34, he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is where the satisfaction and staying power comes from. People who adopt the philosophy of eat and drink and be merry are usually not merry or full of joy ever. This philosophy can only provide bread with a small bee and eventually leads to an empty dish and an empty life. We need to learn from what Isaiah wrote centuries ago. Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me. And eat what is good. We can be different kinds of people if we eat different kinds of bread. Surely, nothing less than the bread of life is good enough. And I, this is what I want to hold out to you this morning. I want to hold out to you the bread of life. Jesus Christ himself. Surely he's calling us to give us his life and us to give him our lives. Will we? Will we? We're going to share the Holy Communion in a minute. In a sense, that's what it's about, isn't it? When we receive the bread and the wine, we receive Him. And it's an, our opportunity to give something back to Him in the context of our own lives. We'll do that in a moment, will we? Let's pray. Oh God, our Father, yes, we are hungry. We're hungry for you. We need you to be a part of our lives. We need you to show us the way that you want us to travel. We need you 
to fill us with the bread of life, with your own spirit. And so, Lord, as we come to your table in a moment, be with us as we share this most precious of all meals, as we share the bread of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.